When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. The Tennis Podcast. The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, live from the Aegon Championships here at the Queen's Club. I'm Catherine Whitaker and I'm joined by Gigi Salmon to review, preview and round up a very busy day in the world of tennis. Mr Luxembourg, Gilles Muller, tells us how his home country will be celebrating National Luxembourg Day. Actually the celebration was last night, they always did it day before. And uh, so there's big firework. I think they cancelled all of them because of, because it was very dry. You'll also hear from Marin Cilic, Grigor Dimitrov and Feliciano Lopez as the semi-final lineup is complete. It is daily. It's the tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. And today it is live from the tournament director's balcony. Now, all of that is coming up here on the tennis podcast from day five of the Aegon Championships. But first, we have to bring you up to date with some news from the wider tennis world today. And that is that British number three, Dan Evans, has tested positive for a banned substance, cocaine. He held a press conference earlier on this evening. And this is what he had to say. Hello, everyone. This is a very difficult day for me. And I wanted to come here in person, tell you guys face to face. I was notified a few days ago that I failed a drugs test in April where I tested positive for cocaine. It's really important that you know this was taken out of competition and in the context completely unrelated to tennis. I made a mistake and I must face up to it. I do not condone for one second to anyone that this was acceptable behaviour. I've let a lot of people down. My family, my coach, my team, sponsors, British Tennis and my fans. I can only deeply apologise from the bottom of my heart. This has been an extremely sad and humbling experience. I hope you understand that I will not be taking any questions and I would like to thank you for your support of my career today for the good and the bad times. So that is the sound of Dan Evans in what was obviously a very difficult press conference. That story will be big in tomorrow's papers. It kind of speaks for itself from our perspective. We will be talking about it, digesting it, perhaps speaking to David Law about it in due course. Unfortunately, he doesn't quite have the time today as media director of the tournament to appear on the podcast. So we will see how the story develops and we will be bringing you some comment and analysis on it in due course but for now we are going to focus on the events today at the Aegon Championships here at Queen's 
And it's been quite a day, hasn't it, Gigi? Yeah, it has been. Cooler conditions, but it's been getting gradually cooler as the week's gone on. Luckily, the rain stayed away, and it was quarter-final day. And in this line-up to find our four semi-finalists, Catherine, we had three former champions here, all vying for a spot. The way this draw has opened up with the early defeats of Andy Murray, Stan Wawrinka, Milos Raonic, these guys thinking, hang on a second, this could be my time to shine. This could be my opportunity. And, uh, yeah, we had some good contests on quarter-final day. We certainly did. Should we start off by talking about Grigor Dimitrov? He was somebody that I spoke to earlier following his victory over Daniil Medvedev. A very odd match, that one, because Daniil Medvedev walked onto court and before a ball was struck, he started having some fairly rigorous medical treatment. He then promptly went five love down and then lost the first set. And I think everybody in the stadium was thinking he was not long for the match, that there would be an imminent retirement. And then he wins the second set, and then he goes to break up in the third set, and somehow Dimitrov was then in a real old battle and had to dig pretty deep to come back and win. So of course, it was quite a bizarre match. It was a 10-minute delay to the start of the match. So you think about Grigor Dimitrov, who's all set to go, and then suddenly there is this delay because treatment is being carried out around the shoulder area of Daniel Medvedev. But maybe it was a case of, yes, he... He went quite far behind initially, partly shoulder, maybe a few nerves, because he said to me the day before that he did get nervous stepping out onto centre court. And this was a big contest against Gregor Dimitrov. But maybe then if there was any pain, the adrenaline starts coursing through you. He didn't start to feel it as much. He found his rhythm. He's spoken about how much he loves the grass. He hits very flat. He doesn't have an enormous weapon, but he's pretty good in all areas. And then suddenly from Gregor Dimitrov thinking, well, this is going to be great. I'm going to be back in the players' lounge in about an hour or so. He was in a battle and it can affect both players in very different ways. 6-3-3-6-6-3 in the end for the 2014 champion. Let's hear from him now. He was talking about superstitions and how much he wants to win this Queen's title. I think the will to win is pretty strong right now and I don't I don't allow negative thoughts to come into into my head even though I'm down, you know, break or set. I'm just keep believing in my game and in my shots. Again, today was a, just a very tricky day to play out there. It was pretty windy. Um, the playing against uh, this kind of opponent for the first time so it's just never easy but um, I just, just found a way and I think that's, uh, this is what's worth to me right now When you last won here in 2014 you went on to have your best ever Wimbledon played some sensational tennis you're now mm. just two matches away from potentially the trophy how much do you want to win here this year? A lot uh, it, it's, uh, as, as I said it's, it's a very special tournament for me and uh, it just, it, it, I kind of feel very, very relaxed. In the same time, I don't try to put that that pressure on myself. But uh, I mean, that's the beauty of tennis. You kind of, when you win once, you want to do it again. And you, every tournament that you've kind of done well, you kind of want to repeat that. And you know, as 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 we all, I think athletes in general are so superstitious. So I'm kind of doing the same things that I did 2014. And yeah, so far I think everything is going well. But again, I'm looking for a match after match. Again, I have to I have to go through very solid opponents, the, the potentially in the next two rounds. So I just need to, you just need to stay focused, stay grounded, and look whatever is ahead of me. What are these things you're doing that you're superstitious? Just about? everything the same. Like I'm same just chatting to the same people. I'm having the same food. I'm using the same shower. You know, kind of the, you know, the little things, but. I guess in my head they make a big difference. Mm. Feliciano Lopez, yeah. I guess you have very positive memories yeah, of playing. Yeah, of course, in saving a match one in the final. Uh, very, very experienced player. Um, 
he knows he knows his way around the court pretty well. Um, I would say his grass is probably one of his, one of his strongest surfaces. Big server, so in a way, I know I know what to expect, and I need in a way I need to be ready. So so yeah, whatever whatever is thrown at me, I need to have the answers. So that was Grigor Dimitrov, who, as we discussed, champion here in 2014. That the year he went on to reach the semi-finals at Wimbledon, beating Andy Murray in the quarterfinals, playing probably the best tennis he's ever played, with the possible exception of the Australian Open earlier this year, when he also reached the semi-finals. But let's for a moment just accept the premise that that was the best tennis he's ever played. How close is the Grigor Dimitrov we're seeing now? to that Grigor Dimitrov. I think the thing that stands about Dimitrov at the moment is the fight you can see. And you talked about this earlier in the week that on the practice courts, yes, everyone can hit a good ball, they're professional players, but it's it's the look in his eyes. And you're seeing that out on court. A couple of occasions, he's had to fight really hard to come through. And sometimes with Dimitrov, the head can drop pretty early and it goes away from him. But he's shown incredible fight out here. He's looked pretty relaxed off court. I thought he looked quite serious when he came into press. He didn't look in the, in the best of moods, but I'm kind of putting that down to the focus and the place he's at at the moment in terms of his tennis we talk again and again about this partnership with Danny Valverde they look really comfortable in each other's company he's feeling good on this court it's a tournament he loves because of the opportunity he was given as an 18 year old without wildcard when he wasn't even in the top 350 in the world he's a champion here the draws opened up and I think the tennis he's playing at the moment as you say is pretty good and he's coming into form at the right time his opponent in the semi-final as Dimitrov's agent just walks past us so it was a good job we were saying positive things about him his opponent in the semi-final will be Feliciano Lopez it's going to be a replay of the final from 2014 and Dimitrov saved match points to come back and win and that's pretty apt because Lopez had to save a match point himself to get today against Thomas Burdick to come back and win 7-6 6-7 7-5 the undoubtable match of the day yeah, and um, we thought that, didn't we, this morning, that when we were looking through the four, we thought this one could be a cracker because we do talk a lot at the moment about next gen and they're coming through and it's their time to shine and some of them have been shining. We can see what's happening in, in Haller at the moment with the young guys and here with Daniel Medvedev today. But it showed that experience still counts for a lot. Felician Lopez, he's going to turn 36 soon, but he got to the final in Stuttgart last week. He's got the confidence. Thomas Burdick seems like he's got a point to prove. Thomas Burdick in the second set dropped three points on serve in the whole of the second set. Then there was the match point. It was the only break point of the whole match that Feliciano Lopez had to save, and it was a match point. And then he challenged on the Burdick serve. I thought there was a slight hesitation. He might not, but he did. He got it. He broke for the 11th game, and then he took the match, and he's back into the semifinals the first time since 2014, and it's his third semifinals here. And you spoke to him after the match. Here he is. I've been playing great. The fact that I reached the finals in Stuttgart was very important for me. Coming to Queens with a lot of confidence and yeah, hopefully we can you know continue the great run. Do you feel the difference that that confidence you've got in Stuttgart bringing into the run here in Queens? Does it make does it really make a difference? Yeah, it makes a difference. I mean, tennis is ninety uh, percent mental, and uh, as soon as you win, this is the only thing that matters at the end. And yeah, I'm very happy, you know, it's uh, it's been a great week in Stuttgart, so coming to this tournament 500 on grass, seeing the draw, and, you know, it's it's always so tough from the very beginning here at Queens. You know, I lost some first rounds in the past against players like Silic or Anderson, top 10 players or top 20 players from, from the very beginning. So I think I was a lot of confident you know, coming into Queens from reaching after reaching the finals there. And, uh, and also the fact that I beat Babrinka in the first round was also very important for me. You know, it was a tough round, but 
after I beat him, my confidence went also up again. And second and third round, I think I played, I can say I played some of my best tennis. Nearly two and a half hours on court against Thomas Burdick. We thought it would be close. There was nothing to choose between you. He dropped just three points on serving the whole of the second set. We get to the third set. You get your first break point, and it happens to be a match point that you have to save. It was tough to, yeah, it was tough to accept, you know, the way the match was going on because it was, it was almost impossible to return. We were serving great, both of us. Um, yeah, only three points he lost in the second set serving it's two tie breaks uh, the way I saved the match point so it was a lot of drama on the court today you know but uh, those matches when you win it's amazing feeling and it's it's also an extra you know confidence for tomorrow so that's Feliciano Lopez he will take on Grigor Dimitrov in the second semi-final of the day tomorrow Gigi you'll be commentating on it for five live what's going to happen not sure <laughs> you asked me about this a little bit earlier and I think this one's a tough one to call you've got to remember that Feliciano Lopez was out here for two and a half hours he doesn't have an awful long time to recover I know they're the second match on I think you could say it's written in the stars for both of these guys the fact that Dimitrov he started the year so well with the two titles that run to the semi-finals of the Australian Open then his form dipped on clay was a little bit hit and miss now he's back on a surface that he really liked but you could say the same for Feliciano Lopez he told me that he's playing some of the best tennis of his life and the final last week beating Vavre in the first round here it's, I think this one it's a cop out but it's a toss of a coin both these guys are in good form both these guys are full of confidence a final here for Feliciano Lopez this is a repeat of the 2014 final and I'm not sure I can pick a winner but if I had to because you've given me that look to say you're going to make me at some point I will go because I went for Burdick to win the tournament I will go for Burdick's conqueror Feliciano Lopez there is some logic in there I believe that there is logic in there. Mr David Law, usual co-presenter of the Tennis Podcast, he's also going for Feliciano Lopez. You both sort of said there feels like something written in the stars. And you're going for... I'm going for Dimitrov just to be contrary, but I think it's 51-49, really. Uh, I think there's a lot in it. I think it's going to be a fantastic match. I think it's likely to be similar to what we saw in 2014, and it'll be a treat. In the other semi-final, the first semi-final, it's Marin Cilic the 2012 champion taking on Gilles Muller, who we'll hear from in the second part of the show. But for now, we should talk about Mr. Marin Cilic. Experience, once again, winning out over youthful exuberance. He was very impressive himself today. Yep, and he is yet to drop a set in this tournament. He faced Donald Young today. He's just looking comfortable. And again, it's the serve. We talk about the big servers, especially when we head onto the grass courts. But he's just looking so comfortable. He hasn't had his serve broken. He hasn't dropped a set. He's looking relaxed. He's, he's looking really happy. And when I had a chat with him, I've got to say, he's in a very good mood. I'm really happy. Definitely uh, played great tennis during the week. Uh, haven't lost my service uh, all, all, uh, all those three matches and uh, feeling really good on grass um, again today against uh, Donald played uh, quite consistent match served really well it was, it was not easy, easy conditions with uh, gusty wind but I managed uh, really really good and uh, you know, I would say that maybe the worst part of, of the match was uh, not uh, converting a lot of break points that I had but uh, you know, that's, that's still a positive part I'm get, giving myself a lot of, a lot of opportunities and uh, definitely especially on grass that's extremely important Do you feel this is as good as you've been playing for a while? I think this is the best uh, in, in terms of consistency that I've been playing uh, last couple 
months were really good, really high level of my tennis, and I definitely feel that in a, in a certain situations I can I was playing even better. Um, you know, when I look back, but those were the patches of a uh, couple weeks or, or just. Uh, even sometimes short or a little bit longer, but now in this uh, last, I would say, 12 months, my, my tennis has been uh, really, really high level, and I'm um, definitely happy with that. Do you think that's as simple as putting it down to winning matches breeds confidence, or have you done something different within your game? Um, it's uh, too difficult to do it just just with the matches. I uh, changed a little bit uh, my training routine, um, just changed a little bit the approach to the matches, and also... Uh, um, the way I'm, uh, I'm preparing for the match, uh, that's always uh, extremely important. And, uh, you know, when you are uh, playing tennis, it's individual game. So it's it's a matter of pushing yourself in a certain situations. And, uh, you know, you have days when it's not easy. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, it's just uh, a little bit harder than, than some other days. But uh, you just have to uh, push yourself and, uh, and go through it. Everything just seems in a really good place in the Chilich camp. Yeah, the mood is good, isn't it? If he was wearing one of those mood bracelets, which were big when I was when they I was exist. a kid, which change colour according to your mood, I think it would be sort of a bright yellow, wouldn't it? Is that like those fish? Or ri- they, rings exist as well. I don't think there's any science to them at all. In fact, I revise that. I'm certain there's no science to them at all. But his would be bright yellow Do at you the moment the if fish there were any science to them. that you used to, to get in crackers? And they were kind of mood fish you got it out of a cracker you put it on your palm and the heat of your palm would tell you i think it was that, about I your think, relationship i think we're that, talking about similar, similar things thing? so this was i'm getting a producer nod, dave so is nodding well yeah well what bracelets. color would his fish be it'd be a very happy positive positive color. i think it cur- the fish the fish curled basically if the head and the tail curled on the fish you're in a really good place if it lay flat i mean that's not a good sign is it doesn't move and just a bit of a head or tail wiggle not so good but i think he's fully curled so given he's fully curled given he's a former champion here given he's in great form given he's a Grand Slam champion would it be a disappointment if he doesn't end up winning the title this week maybe a, a disappointment bit, for him maybe yes no I think absolutely for him because he's seen the opportunity and the opening him here and the way he's played but Gilles Muller title last week got a big serve plays well on this service he too's a happy man at the moment and comfortable with how he's playing but yes this is a massive opportunity for Chilich. but then you say it's a massive opportunity for Dimitrov it's a massive opportunity for Lopez but yeah I think Chilich is he the favorite for the probably just edges it at the moment for me Chilich. I predict tie breaks again Gigi <laughs> weren't we wrong about that today though in, we went, no, we, we went predicted Muller, it. We went oh, query. We, we went a tiebreak fest, and there was there was the one, so we weren't let down completely. Well, Muller query is a match that we will address in the second half of the show, where Gilles Muller is our special guest, and very appropriately so, because today it turns out, of course, we knew this before doing our research for having Gilles Muller as a guest on the show. Today is National Luxembourg Day, <laughs> so we've covered preview, review, all the rest of it in this half of the show. In the second half of the show, you. You'll be hearing from Mr. Luxembourg, Gilles Miller. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello tennis podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, here we are in the Players' Lounge, very much backstage here at the Aegon Championships at the Queen's Club. We are sat at a table in the eating area of the Players' Lounge. There are players scattered around. Ivan Dorig is to our left. Kevin Anderson also over there having a very deep chat with Ross Hutchins of the ATP. Kai Ledmond is over there having a wee spot of lunch as well. Who else have we got, Gigi? Who's in your eye line? Well, Stefan Kozlov's over Stefan there. Stefan Kozlov's there. He said he was leaving to stay behind us we have Team Burdick. We're not quite sure who makes up Team Burdick at Gigi the moment. Gigi thinks one of them might be a brother of Burdick, but my facial recognition isn't good a enough brother. to identify the likeness. I don't want to keep staring at people I don't know because <laughs> that is in itself weird. But, but Thomas was sitting there and before he ate, the rest of his team ate. He had six rackets. He took the grip off each of the rackets. He meticulously got a new one out, re-wrapped all those rackets, got everything just so before he would eat. Now, and he did it himself. Matcher. He didn't have staff to do his no, racket There isn't really a, a, a sort of a team verdict. I mean, if it's his brother, his brother's saying, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not, you're my brother. You're, you're doing that. Do you think Djokovic has perhaps started a new fashion then of travelling with one's brother? Uh, possibly. Possibly. It's good to have a family member around if there is one. You say, do you fancy coming to London for a few weeks? We're going to eat in really nice places like the Players' Lounge. Yeah, I mean, the food really is great in here, isn't oh, it? Fabulous. We were talking about it earlier. Chicken and chicken and chorizo for lunch, delightful. With some salads. And it, it's, it's, it's just one of those nice places to look around. It doesn't matter that we're getting towards the end of the tournament there are less people here, as you just touched on. Kevin Anderson, who hasn't been entered in this tournament this week, has been here practising. Kyle Edmund is still around. Feliciano Lopez, I've just spotted over there, who, of course, uh, is playing his match later Opposite on side today. Of the room to Burdick. Opposite side of the room to Burdick. He's lunching with his doubles partner, Mark Lopez. I'm trying to see what he's eating. Always fascinating to see what and when a player now, eats before their Catherine, match. It looks like it might be pasta shape. Donald Young's mum has, has just walked She's in. not quite as full of as many joys as she was last time I saw her because Donald, dear Donald, has just uh, been knocked out of the tournament at the quarterfinal stage by Marin Cilic, who we heard from earlier. But the reason we're in the players' lounge now is that we are going to be joined imminently, imminently, Gigi, by Marin Cilic's opponent in the semi-finals, Gilles Muller. And it's a very special day for Gilles Muller for more than one reason, isn't it? Yes, it's it's, it's, uh, national... Luxembourg Day. 
Is that globally or is that only in Luxembourg? Well, I imagine it is a global thing, but I imagine it really only resonates and registers in Luxembourg. Uh, with Luxembourgians everywhere. With Luxembourgians everywhere. So this, what a wonderful day for Luxembourgians everywhere. And he has been the named the Luxembourgian Sportsman of the Year for I think it's the third or fourth year running. Hang on, who was it before that? I thought you were going to say 10th or 11th year running. No, He's just, 34. Just, just third or fourth. He's, it's, it's sort of the late blooming Gilles Muller that's come to the forefront of these awards. He's got that for sort of three or four years. And then today he beat Sam Quarry, a former champion here, on National Luxembourg Day, having won the title in Ross Marlin last week. I mean, things are going pretty well for Muller at the moment. Yes, do you think he's about to come and join us momentarily? He will be joining us. Do you think he's going to know that it's National Luxembourg Day? I hope so. <laughs> I would, shall we say, if... If we say Happy Luxembourg Day, <laughs> might just look if at he us looks quizzically. as if we're crazy. Maybe, though, they say you shouldn't believe everything you read. And is it going to be one of those occasions when we find that we shouldn't believe everything we read? Let's find out, shall we? Ah, oh, Gilles, welcome. Congratulations. Thank you. Hi. You're joining us on the tennis podcast following your victory. And do we start by saying Happy Luxembourg Day? Do we believe National it's Luxembourg National Day? Day? We understand. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, you're good informed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, you can say that, yeah, I guess. So, so what a good day. You win your match. They're celebrating back home. Bit of a double celebration. Exactly, yeah. What Perfect. is a typical celebration of National Luxembourg Day? <laughs> Actually, the celebration was last night. They always do it the day before. And uh, so there's big fireworks. Uh, I think they cancelled all of them because of the of the you say dryness because it was very dry so they yeah. were scared with the, with the fires oh, with and the fire. stuff so they cancelled a few but uh, I think yeah celebrations was last night. But you Gilles have provided fireworks today for Luxembourg. <laughs> Come on, I was expecting a round of applause for that. A very very good performance to reach the semi-finals here. You must be delighted. Two-time quarter finalist before this, you've gone one better and reached the semis. Yeah, very happy with that. I mean, uh, yeah, that was the third time in a row that I was in the quarterfinals, and I'm very happy that uh, finally I made it to the semis. Uh, but I'm even more pleased with the way uh, I was playing today. Um, it was really tough against Sam, who's a good player on grass with a big serve and uh, some very difficult moments in the match and uh, I all managed them pretty well so I'm very happy. We talk about confidence and playing with confidence. Having won that title in Ross Marlin last week, it must have given you such a boost coming into Queen's this week. Yeah, definitely. It always helps to, to win matches, uh, for sure. I mean, um, last year I came here uh, and I lost the final, um, but you st- I was still pretty confident. I mean, it's 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 not, not only winning a tournament, but it's just winning uh, some matches on grass. I mean, the grass season is very short, so when you start off well, it's it's always helping for, for the next matches. And didn't you win the final? Was it on Father's Day and you had your little boys there with you on court? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was on Father's Day and uh, they were also there. It was perfect. That's a special day. Yeah. <laughs> is how much... Of a factor is it for you having the boys at home? I know they don't travel with you that much. I always remember Andre Agassi saying how much of a motivation it was him was for him to keep playing until his children were old enough <laughs> to remember him as a player. Is that something that you feel as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, I had a pretty bad injury uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was four or five years ago, and. Uh, one thing that always kept me going and, and kept me believing was that uh, I wanted to play in front of my boys where they also can understand what I was doing and, and uh, they could see me play in the big tournaments against the top players and uh, it's really like a dream uh, what, I'm, what I'm living now because uh, I mean they come a couple of times uh, to, to some tournaments in the year and uh, it's really a lot of fun to, to see them, how they enjoy it and how they also uh, 
getting like very passionate about tennis and then uh, it, it's very funny. So they are showing interest in tennis because I spoke to Andy Murray for Eurosport um, at the French Open and his daughter Sophia is just 16 months and he said he had made his first attempt to uh, persuade her of the joys of tennis. He'd given her a mini tennis racket and she proceeded to put it straight in the bin. <laughs> How about your boys? Do they love the sport? Yeah, they, they, they love it. Uh, sometimes a bit too much. Uh, it's pretty tough for my wife. Like for example, last week in, in Ross Marlin, they had some uh, mini tennis courts there, and uh, so the minute I finished my matches, she had to go with them to the to the other courts. So she was basically watching tennis all day long, and I think she she's a little bit fed up with it sometimes. Well, you could end up being a father on tour, Jill. Yeah. There was a wonderful sight there at the Sydney tournament at the start of the year, and there was a lot of focus on your boys in the crowd. They were watching, they were cheering you on. Match point, you win the match, they go back. One of your boys is on an iPad or something, he's not even watching. And, and you have to have that with young children to keep them occupied. But I thought they'd been watching the whole match and that big moment, that moment, that final, he's like, yeah, no, I'm focusing on this yeah, now, yeah. Dad. <laughs> yeah, but it has changed also now. That was the younger one. He, he, could, he couldn't stay there, focus on the match uh, like for, for an hour and a half. Uh, but now he's able to do it. And last week in Rosman, we didn't bring the iPad and it was working good. out good. But uh, yeah, it was funny. I saw that, that, uh, that image also and it was funny. How big a deal was that moment for you winning the title in Sydney I think you've been in four finals before that your first ever tour title was it relief mostly yeah definitely I mean it was something that uh, that I was working for my whole career and uh, I think I played my first final in 2004 so that's that was a long time ago so I had to wait uh, basically 14 years to to win that title so there was a yeah big weight from my shoulders that that fell off that moment when I, when I won it uh, because it's something you want so bad and uh, and you're working for that, and, and I had to wait that long, so obviously the relief was uh, was huge. It feels a little bit like buses. You wait for one for ages, for years yeah. and years and years, <laughs> and suddenly here we are in 2017, and you've just picked up title number two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's funny how it works sometimes. So you had to wait that long, but now, now the, the, uh, then the second one came just a few months after. Is it so. easier, the second one? Well, I definitely didn't feel that pressure anymore. I mean, obviously the pressure was huge. Uh, I played five finals before I lost them, and uh, I think if I had to play that final last week with uh, another two finals that I played this year and I would have lost them, it would have been huge. So, uh, yeah, for sure the relief was was, uh, was, uh, was huge when I won that one in Sydney and uh, for sure it made me feel a bit more comfortable playing the other finals. Your game is obviously tailor-made for the grass. You seem to always bring out your best tennis here and at Wimbledon. Do you wish the season was longer? Four weeks just isn't enough, isn't it? Because of the matches you've got in this week, you, I know you've uh, counted yourself out of Eastbourne next week, so do you wish there was an extra month or so in the grass court season? I mean, in the perfect world, yeah, for sure, but um, I'm pretty happy with the, the way the schedule is now. I think like this, you have... Um, a lot of different surfaces and, and, and so you have something for each player I think this is, it's just fair like this I mean you have the clay you have the, the slower hard courts you have the faster hard courts you have the indoors and you have the grass and I think there's something for everyone so uh, no one can, nobody can complain and it feels that 30 is the new 20 so therefore 34 is the new 24 it's, it's incredible how things are going at the moment if you look at the main tournaments here dominated by Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer you're in the final of Ross Marlin with Ivo Karlovic it, it's incredible that we have the next gen coming through but the shift that there's been and the form that players are coming into do we put that down to just fitness looking after yourself a little bit better have, have you thought about it? Um, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I mean, for me, it's uh, I had some injuries when, when I was younger, and um, so I wasn't really fit all the time, and, and so I struggled a lot with that. And then I had my last injury in, uh, in 2013. I had problems with my elbow, and um, but actually, it was a good thing, to be honest, because it was the first time in my, in my whole career that I was able to... Uh, 
to to work physically in a, in a way that I never did before and uh, got myself into my, the best shape I've ever been. Um, because I wasn't able to play tennis, but I was able to 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 go out running, go to the gym, and and and, and do all that work that uh, normally don't have time to do in a season because the season uh, is, is ten months long, and uh, then you need to take some rest. So basically, in a year, normally you get to work like uh, five six weeks, and and here I had uh, five six months where where I was able to to, to do that, and uh, yeah, so that helped me a lot, getting myself in a, into a good shape, and and since then I've been able to play full seasons without any breaks uh, because of injuries and and. Um, I have a lot of confidence in my body now. I trust in my body now, that which I didn't do before. And uh, so that made, that made a big change for me. And Roger Federer, when he had surgery for the very first time in his career last year, he talked about a canister. He talked about starting your career with a canister of time that you can spend, a finite amount of time that you can spend on the match court. And he talked about the time he spent out with injury. It was almost as if he was then saving that time to add on later in his career. Is that how you feel? Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, uh, I, I had to to, um, to 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 I wasn't able to play for for at least two years with all my injuries. So hopefully, yeah, I can I can uh, uh, take that time now and 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 and, uh, and and play a few more years. It's almost like you've borrowed time from earlier in your yeah. career to use later <laughs> in your career. It's a smart. It's working well for Roger. So yeah, working well for me too. <laughs> so injury free. Into the semi-finals, Baron Cilic is your semi-final opponent. What's the history between you two? I think we only played once. It was, uh, I think it was last year. Yeah, Rotterdam, and uh, it was a very close match. I uh, lost uh, in two sets, but two tie breaks. Remember, I had set points in the second. So um, yeah, it's not a tough match. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm used to it now. I'm playing good players every every day now. So uh, there's not much that has changed, but um, looking forward to it. I mean, he's a, a top 10 player. He's, he's been there for the last, I don't know, uh, five, six, seven, eight years. I'm not sure, but uh, he's been there like forever. So uh, it's a big challenge for me, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we are too. Gilles, best of luck. We'll expect Happy a tie- Luxembourg Day once again. We'll expect a tie-break or two. Happy Luxembourg Day, and thank you very much for joining us here on the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. We'll, of course, be back tomorrow for another daily tennis podcast. There are only two more remaining, so make sure you enjoy us while we're here. We're enjoying bringing them to you. Join us again tomorrow. Thank Lovely. you. Thank, thank you. you. Happy National Day. Yeah. yeah. I'll celebrate now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.